Welcome to the Jesus Never Ran podcast, where we focus on taking time in this life to make a difference in this world. I'm your host, Matt Kinzera. Let's take a walk. This week, we head over to Minneapolis, Minnesota to talk with Carly Kammerer about an incredible passion called Wildflyer Coffee. A lot of youth in the like 15, 16, 17 range just really fall through cracks. When you're going after your dreams, make sure you take a break and enjoy life. My favorite way to do that is on my front porch with my wife, my friends, and my favorite infinity beverage. You can go to www.infinitybeverages.com and order online and they will deliver directly to your door. That's Infinity Beverages, proud sponsor of Jesus Never Ran and Dreamers Everywhere. Before we jump into our interview with Carly, I want to give you a little bit of a heads up of what's coming. Over the next couple of months, you're going to get a chance to hear from my Jesus Never Ran team, the dream team, because Jesus Never Ran is much more than just a podcast. It's really an idea that I'm hoping starts a movement of people that are actually taking time in their lives. They're slowing down, but then they're using that space in their lives to make a difference. So you're going to hear from our team over the next couple of months, and then you're going to hear a lot more about the broader vision of Jesus. Jesus never ran. The best way you can support us is by jumping on board with a walking club. Just go to www.jesusneverran.com. Get on the walking club. It supports people's dreams. It supports these people that we are interviewing, and it supports you on your road to trying to accomplish whatever it is that you're trying to do. Well, with that said, let's jump into this week's podcast with Carly Kammerer. So who is this Carly Kammerer of Wildflyer Coffee from Minneapolis, Minnesota? I'm a passionate person who is very dedicated to ending youth homelessness. And I would say I'm very driven to accomplish things that I set my mind to or I find worthwhile. And I'm a coffee and bike addict. <laughs> Being addicted to coffee, bicycling, and homeless youth, that is just fine with me. Now, like every story... There's a background. This comes from somewhere. It comes from her entire lifetime leading up to this point. Working and trying to get rid of homelessness in our world, especially youth homelessness, it's a tough world and it is a tough cause. So it has to be rooted deeply in order for it to stick and in order for it to have a lasting impact. Well, where it all started was when my parents opened a coffee shop when I was in middle school and I ended up helping work there with them and we had always drank coffee as like a family so it's just is what we do so it's really been a part of my life for a long time and so my mom passed away when I was 19 and at her funeral um, all of like the people who came their stories really revolved around interactions they'd had at the coffee shop and how much it had meant to them and it was a place where they like felt welcome and loved and known and so I started to see coffee and like a coffee shop is a really cool community space and like a way to to care for people and so I kind of carried that with me into college and started to think of like could I do something with a coffee shop and then I ended up majoring in social work and kind of started volunteering at a local shelter with homeless adults and then fell into working with some youth in the neighborhood that were unstably housed or on the poverty line 
And that really changed my perspective on a lot of things, just seeing the need in our own country, in my own backyard, especially with youth just feeling like frustrated at their lack of opportunity or resources to be what they could be in life. So I ended up majoring in social work um, with the intent of working with youth experiencing homelessness. Father Richard Rohr, who is a person that I look up to and try to emulate in so many ways, he talks about this idea that you experience God through great love and through great suffering. And that's so true. So many of the stories that we've heard on Jesus Never Ran, the core of them, the beginning of them, often is great suffering. It's really difficult situations that led to the people that we've heard from moving towards really incredible things. Now, Carly's story is is no different. She lost her mom when she was just 19 years old. And when she was at the funeral, she kept hearing people talk about the coffee shop and how much that meant and the way that her mom was in those situations, how that affected other people's lives. And so this idea of what Carly is doing with Wildflyer is it's an extension of her mom's work here on this earth. It's a legacy piece. And when you have a legacy at the core of what you're starting, that thing is going to be so sound because the foundation is unbelievably stable because you're living out something to honor someone that you loved deeply. Now, my background involves a fair amount of working with people in really strugglesome situations, including homelessness, and I know how demoralizing it can be. So I want to hear from Carly about where that moment was when she thought, hey, actually, I think there is a solution to this problem of youth homelessness. I just felt like if someone could teach them how to work and cultivate those skills, they'd be able to actually leave homelessness and that would be a better thing for them. So I just started kind of combining my love of coffee with my desire to end homelessness and thought maybe I'll make a job training program that would teach youth how to work so that they could leave homelessness and stay housed. And even more than that, just have the resources and the capacity to become what they could be if they weren't in survival mode on the streets. Now, before we jump into what Carly is doing to make a difference with homeless youth in our culture, I think we really have to address the issue that I think a lot of us probably have in our hearts. Like, what about the foster care system? What about our government agencies? Shouldn't they be doing the work to help our homeless youth? And is there even a real homeless youth problem in our country? It's actually really sadly kind of unknown what homelessness looks like for youth in America because up until maybe the last... Really, the last five to 10 years, youth that were homeless were seen as, well, they were actually called runaway or throwaway youth, which is really unfortunate. But yeah, they were seen as like really rebellious kids who had it all, but just like didn't want to listen to their parents. So they ran away and street life is so fun and they just want no rules. So they were really not even like studied on a national level to understand what was happening until really the last decade. Depending on which site you go to, it'll say anywhere between like one and four million. So it's just kind of a crazy variance. They're a little harder to find because they tend to blend in really well and not want people to know that they're experiencing homelessness. So um, in my last job as a social worker, I worked in the schools and I'd work in really wealthy schools and there'd be homeless youth going to those schools that were sleeping in their cars or, you know, trying to couch hop and stay with different people every night but they don't want people to know 
they want to feel just like a normal kid. Um, so they're not necessarily going to be out on the street corners either, like asking for your money. Homeless youth is defined as 16 to 24. So some youth just, they've aged out. They're past 18. So they're out of the foster care system. Um, but that's actually one of the biggest predictors of homelessness is that a youth has been in foster care because so often they just, they kind of get chewed out of the system and they have no, you know, they've been in 18 different high schools and they have no money, they have no skills and they end up homeless because they just have nowhere to go. Or um, unfortunately, I mean, we all know kind of the foster care system is quite overburdened and often doesn't function right. And a lot of youth in the like 15, 16, 17 range just really fall through cracks. Like foster care is so concerned and to a point rightly so with like young kids um, and the, the standard is so high to get them involved as far as like records of abuse and stuff. And so just oftentimes the older they get kind of the less likely they are to get attention. When we're not aware that there is an issue, it's very difficult to address it. And I think most of us probably didn't know that homeless youth in America is an actual issue. But when you hear those numbers, whichever ones you want to take, we're talking millions of students, millions of teenagers, early 20-somethings on the street. That is the time when you should be getting excited about making your impact in this world. But there's so many students who are just struggling to get by. I think of this in the same realm of, you know, trafficking. A number of years ago, we never talked about it because we weren't aware that it was an issue in our culture. Now we know that it is, and now there's so much being done to address the issue and try to get it out of our country and get it out of the world as a whole. I think homeless youth falls in that same category. Now that we're aware that this is a reality, the question is, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to fix this issue? Carly and her team are doing an incredible job of addressing the issue of homeless youth. They're doing it in a creative yet very practical way, and they're doing it in a way that all of us can be involved. So I was a social worker. I was a case manager and a street outreach worker for four years, and I had the same clients coming into all my programs. The day I quit that job, my first client came back in the drop-in center homeless. So I've been working with him for four years, and nothing had changed. And the need really is, and this is research too, the highest barrier you face is employment. And it just makes sense. Like if you can't keep a job, you can't have an income, you're not going to get housed or you're not going to stay housed. So I just was, I grew frustrated really with resources that didn't feel like they were addressing the root cause. They were a band-aid. Um, there's not enough resources. So youth are just on wait lists forever. I was just like, what if we just help these young people become self-sufficient they wouldn't need these resources they could get off the streets and stay off the streets so i <laughs> yeah for better or for worse i don't know i just see things and i'm like i'm gonna fix that this dream of this industry that i've been a part of and and ending youth homelessness kind of came together in coffee and so what we do now is we employ youth for nine months and that's like a very research driven number that's an adequate time for job training to happen for people to get the skills they need and then also to not get too comfortable in the job that they can move on. And so that's what we're doing. We're trying to get youth transitioned out of homelessness. So they work with us for nine months and then they take, we do a personal and professional development academy alongside of that. That's really focused on cultivating like life skills, um, how to communicate, what's a safe relationship, how do you find an apartment and 
maintain a relationship with your landlord, boundaries. Really, it's just tangible skills that will equip them to be independent. Uh, and so just unfortunately, a lot of us learn that kind of stuff from our parents. So if you grow up without parents or in a dysfunctional home and you don't learn that, you just don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Now, I grew up in a very functional family, two loving parents who supported me all the way and still support me to this day. And so I had this great baseline, this great foundation to build off of. But the kids that we're talking about today, most of them didn't have that. Most of them had to figure a lot of this out on their own and they took whatever influence came into their lives. And sometimes that can be very negative. And so some of those thoughts that go through our heads like, well, can't these kids just get a job? I mean, people are hiring all over the place or, you know, can't they just get their act together or can't they reach out for help? And the reality is if you didn't learn how to do that, you know, you might get a job for a minute or two, but if you don't know how to keep that job, if you don't know basic life skills, you're really starting from behind. Now, I love this story because if you really wrap your mind around what's going on here, Carly has taken everything in her life, her love for her mom, her passion for coffee, her passion for social work and homelessness, and she's just taken the whole thing and even her passion for coffee, obviously. She's taken all of that, wrapped it all together, and created this incredible mission called Wildflyer Coffee. Staying healthy is unbelievably important when you're trying to make a difference in this world. But it is hard to stay motivated by yourself and let's be honest, who likes driving to the gym to work out around a bunch of strangers? This is where TDH Virtual comes in. Yoga and dance classes right from your house with the support of a virtual community. Truly the best of both worlds. Good news, if you want to jump on board right now for your free trial, you will lock in your early bird rates. So don't wait. Go to www.thedancinghouse.com and get started today. I am a sucker for a great story, so I want to be able to see, feel in my head, like what does success look like at Wildflyer Coffee? So I asked Carly, can you just give me an example of somebody that you've worked with who now is doing absolutely wonderful because of the program that you've put in front of them and because of how they've been able to build as a human being and grow in their skills through Wildflyer Coffee. We've employed 11 young people. Um, we have three working with us now. So seven have graduated. Um, and we have essentially a 71% success rate of youth who have left our program and at their six and 12 months check-in are still employed and housed. So that's good. But I think their stories are like more interesting than the statistics. Maybe my favorite one to tell is um, one of our employees who we hired last summer. Um, he was just so rough. Like I several times thought about, should I fire him? Like, I don't know. But, you know, our program exists for this reason. So I wanted to keep giving him chances. Showing up super late, um, he'd like take breaks and be gone for an hour, just stuff like that. And then he just started to like change. And this is why I believe in employment so strongly because it's so dignifying. Um, he started to respond just really well to managers that cared about him and to our customers who were excited about the coffee they were getting excited about the product. I think he started to feel quite a bit of pride 
in himself and in what he was doing for work. And he would um, call me every morning on his way to his shift and just to tell me he was on the bus and like he was going to be on time. And then he'd show up even before I would sometimes and be calling me and be like, where are you? I'm like, well, you're half an hour early to your shift. And he just, yeah, he just really started to care about his performance and kept wanting to do better. And then as he was getting ready to graduate, we brought in our new employees this summer and he ended up helping us train them. And I called him because it was opening weekend of one of the markets and I just said like, you're working. It might be really crazy, so I kind of need you to be on your A-game, I need you to be there. And he was like, of course I'll be there, like, I've got this, we're going to do great. Like, he was just so confident in himself and just, I don't know, it was just a beautiful thing to see that change in him. And he, now his dream is to be a chef and own a food truck. So we transitioned him to, he's working on a food truck now and is just loving it and getting skills that are really relevant to what he wants to do. We often think about causes and we think, boy, the way to solve this is we throw money at it or we throw time at it. But the reality is, especially when you're dealing with poverty, the most important thing that we can give someone is dignity. If we give somebody an opportunity to earn their way in this world, to feel confident, to feel proud of what they're doing, that is when people will come alive. That is when people will get out of the cycle of poverty. And if you think about it in your own life, that's probably true of you as well. Like when you feel proud of something, when you feel excited about something, when you feel dignified about something, that's when you're gonna give it your all. That's when you're gonna give it your best. And that's when you are going to be at your best. Anytime we hear a cause like this, it makes us wanna figure out how do we do something about this? How do we do our part to make a difference when dealing with homeless youth in our country? And the best way that you can do this is through Wildflyer Coffee. I mean, this is incredible. All you need to do is to get your coffee from them and you are supporting their mission. But I always wanna dig a little bit deeper. So I asked Carly, in her perspective, how are ways that we, an average American person, how can we help? How can we make a difference? Well, they can donate to Wildfire Coffee. Um, no, I mean, you can find, you know, an agency or a nonprofit that you really believe in and donate to that because that's always a need everyone has. I always feel like for adults that have school-aged children to just pay attention to who your kids are hanging out with because there's so many times where the clients I used to work with, like they did just end up living at their, their friend's parents' house at a point. Like, I'm not saying you have to have them, but that was just something that would like start to happen. Cause it's just, these youth are often so unseen. And like, if you can catch on to that and have an opportunity to maybe be a caring adult in a life whose home life is clearly not working for them. I think that's like an amazing thing. We often look for like the huge splash that's going to make a big difference in this world when the reality is it's so many little things that truly matter. And yes, it's great to, you know, do big events, big things, big splashes to make a difference. But at the end of the day, if we all just do our part, we are going to conquer so much injustice. And so with this situation, we can just do our part by keeping our eyes open. And then we can do our part by 
praying and thinking about donating to organizations that make a difference in this area, especially Wildflower Coffee. And they're doing some really big things, which I'm going to get into in a little while here. But it could be as simple, again, as I mentioned before, is just hopping on their website, ordering your coffee from them every single month, and you will create sustainable income for an organization that is literally getting young people off of our streets. Now, this is Jesus Never Ran, and as much as I love the incredibly powerful stories that we hear and the lives of people that are are making just an unbelievable impact in our world, I really want to know how somebody that's so passionate, so driven like Carly, what do they do to keep good boundaries around them? Because the big problem I see with passionate people is they get so passionate, so driven that they lose themselves in their purpose and they lose their friendships and their relationships because of their purpose. And I don't believe for a second that's what Jesus would want us to do. So I simply asked Carly, how do you keep your mind straight? How do you keep boundaries in your life when you're dealing with such an important mission? So I am a huge biker. Recently, my new passion is mountain biking. And I actually really love mountain biking because I just cannot think about anything else when I'm mountain biking because I'm just trying to survive. So it's like one of the few times my mind is quiet because I'm utterly focused on not falling off. Um, So that's like a huge stress reliever for me to just go be away from people, be in the woods, um, do something active, like physical activity really helps me. And then I'm away from people and I'm not on my phone. What great practical advice. Get out there, do something physical so it's good for your body, good for your mind, but also puts you in a place where you literally can't be on your phone. (laughs) That's really brilliant if you think about it. If you're on your bike, you don't have any space for your hands to be on your phone. Perfect. I love it. Hey, Wildflyer Coffee, unbelievably inspirational, unbelievable story, such an incredible concept, and they are right on the verge of something incredible. Up to this point, Wildflyer has been operating coffee carts. So throughout Minneapolis, they'll set up their coffee carts wherever they can. But here's the thing. They are working on opening up a brick and mortar coffee shop, and this will triple their capacity for employees while also allowing them to offer each young person full-time hours in a livable age. This is so critical in equipping the youth with the skills needed to leave homelessness. On October 17th, they're going to be launching an Indiegogo campaign to fundraise for their very first coffee shop. It's going to be incredible. Let's get on board. Let's be a part of this. I am challenging every single Jesus Never Ran listener to hop onto the wildflyer.com website and do your part. Let's get involved. Let's make this a reality. Let's be a part of getting kids off the streets. Get involved with their campaign, and at the very, very least, hop on their website and order coffee from them. And do it on a regular basis so that we can create sustainability with their organization. I can't thank Carly enough for being part of this. We are behind you, we are with you, and we are by you. Each day, we are reminded of the role our faith plays in our lives. But does it play a role in our finances as well? Now, for the members of Thrivent Financial, it does. For over a century, Thrivent has been helping Christians blend faith, finances, 
and generosity. Because it's not just about making more, it's about doing more for your family, your church, and community. Learn more about Thrivent's unique mission by calling Kathy Jensen, Thrivent Financial Representative at 715-231-1662. Disclosures, licensed agent producer of Thrivent Financial, marketing name for Thrivent Financial for Lutherans, registered representative of Thrivent Investment Management Incorporated, thrivent.com slash disclosures. Speaking of Thriving Financial, Kathy Jensen is going to be on the show next time talking about her incredible story that got her to the place that she is. She's an incredible part of our Jesus Never Ran team, and I can't wait to let you meet her in person. We'll see you next time.